Hey, readers and writers. Welcome to episode 114 of Read and Write, where we're going to talk about why we write. In case we haven't met before, I'm Deb. And I'm Jocelyn, and this is our podcast about what we're reading, what we're writing, and everything in between. And today we're talking about why we do this weird thing called writing. <laughs> because we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that actually rings a bell because I was writing some notes down, like, so I wasn't just like, rah, all over the place like mm. I normally am. And I have, I have a couple lines here that says, I've got stories in my head. I'm more sane when they're not in my head. And I talk Ooh. less to myself. Oh wow! Oh, that's like so, very yeah. poetic. I'm less crazy when I have <laughs> when I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I love I love a challenge. I'm a glutton for punishment. I feel like a lot of writers would echo a lot of these things. You know, it's a compulsion. All of that. <laughs> uh, but before we get into it, how's your week been? Oh, I was about to say, okay, done. Episode over. Let's. That was very short. I know. We two did Two minutes it. into it. We're done. <laughs> we finished. Night, guys. <laughs> How was my week? Um, I had a pretty decent week. Um, it's been crazy. It's always crazy. I mean, I, I should probably yeah. stop saying that just to be understood. Just always, <laughs> you know, in, par- in parentheses, it's a crazy week. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I had a couple, one extra crazy thing happen. Um, you know, we were going camping mm-hmm. and right before my phone was just like, nah, I'm not going to hold a battery charge anymore. Oh no. Oh. So like 11 o'clock at night, I place an order for a new phone and uh, for, for an, I got an Apple this time. I was, I'm normally mm. an Android, but I decided to like, mm. I have the iPad, I have the Mac. That's what I write on. Ah, I was like, yeah, I'm, if I'm going to make the switch, up. I want something I can you know yeah basically sync everything up with so mm-hmm. 11 o'clock at night i place an order the next day we pack the kids into the car and basically take a six-hour trip to syracuse by the time we get up get the phone oh, get back in the car yeah put Ugh. a real crimp in the plans for the whole packing to the camping thing yeah wow that really is a bummer but i'm glad you got <laughs> i'm glad you got your phone because yeah, it, it's it, very it got difficult fixed. it was it was kind of like oh my god what are we gonna do because like my phone's all the navigation and all that yes my, my husband's phone while awesome it sucks at that kind of stuff <laughs> so yeah, we did that it, it sucks without a good phone when you're camping these days <laughs> <laughs> I thought Kathy was going out in the woods and forgetting about technology, but yeah, yeah. it should be. <laughs> it's the not goal. our kid spot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the other thing I did is I picked up a couple audiobooks. Oh, that's so exciting! After yeah. our recent conversation, mm-hmm. I basically did. I was uh, I was editing the podcast, and I was like, you know what? I really do want to try to find these. Yeah. So I went. I got um. I got two that you recommended. I got mm, uh, nice. between the world and me. Okay. Which I'm all of two minutes into it, so don't ask me about mm-hmm. it. No. <laughs> and the other one, I feel like I need to say quietly, I went on the illegal webs and mm. found a copy of the R.C. Bray, The Martian. <gasps> Good. No, honestly worth it because, like, it doesn't exist anymore. Where else are you going to get it? You got to exactly. go to the, I did. the dark I corners. I checked everywhere legal first. I was on, yes. like, everything I could find. I was even on Reddit. Like, okay, mm-hmm. where do I find this? And yeah. the answer was... 
nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. But folks, like, and I'm a librarian and I am honest to God recommending this. Like, go get it. (laughs) Go get it somewhere. Because I have never heard an audiobook so good in my life. Well, I got it. I'm not done with the first chapter yet. I basically just did a quick listen to make sure, you know, it wasn't like a completely like just bad copy. Um, It's 11 hours long, so I'm sure it's all there. Uh, Mm -hmm. That sounds right. (laughs) So, yeah, that was my week. I bought a phone and I didn't buy an audiobook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the phone made up for it. (laughs) (laughs) How was your week? It's good. I, you know, it's, we're ramping up, getting closer to students coming back um, to campus. Uh, Not to like be a downer, but things are getting a little scary with, you know, COVID numbers going up. Yeah, my, um, my county was doing so well. We have a really high vaccination rate and like, we're, we were really proud of ourselves and our numbers were so low. They were like in the teens for a really long time. Um, And then, you know, just seemed like they were going to just keep going down. And now we're back into the 300s and our hospitals are getting a little busy and Mm. it's not really feeling good because those are pre-vaccine numbers, you know, like not the highest it's been here. Like we we definitely got way higher than that, unfortunately, but um, that's not a good number. And so we were, you know, how we had you know, the the CDC put out that map with all of the different um, kind of like levels on it, the color right. levels. The very scary we were, map. Yeah, very scary map. Lots of red. Uh, we were in a good zone. We were in a zone where we it was not being recommended that vaccinated folks needed to mask indoors. Like we were okay. Not anymore. Starting today, we're in an elevated zone. So um, back to wearing masks at work, which is fine because I want to keep everybody safe. But Mm -hmm. it's still um, it's still it's scary, especially with the students coming back so soon. Like they're just weeks away. And um, it everyone has to be vaccinated. uh, What time does classes open? Classes start August 23rd. So I'm not sure when this hits, like when this podcast will air, but, um, so we have a few weeks, so we'll see what happens, but everyone at my university that I teach at has to be vaccinated. We are requiring folks to be vaccinated. Students as well or just faculty? Yep. Everybody. Okay. Everybody. If you're going to be on campus, um, you have to be vaccinated or you have to apply for a reason why you can't be either Mm -hmm. religious or medical and even if you apply for the waiver you still might not get approved like they are actually going to be pretty strict about it okay so it seems like a good idea yeah yeah you got that many people in one smalls yeah it seems i'm i'm completely behind the whole every vaccinate people Uh, yeah me too me too um we're we're small schools so it's easier for us to do this Hmm. the larger schools in our region are not mandating it they're highly encouraging but they're not requiring (laughs) (laughs) so we'll see how that goes i'm a little you know but um otherwise uh I got a new sleeper sofa couch for $100. So I can come over and stay. You can come stay. (laughs) You'll have a guest room. I'm so excited. We've had this house for like almost a year now. And of course, we're still 
we're still unpacking. We're still rearranging mm. furniture. You know, pictures aren't hung. Um, it's going to, it's, you know, everybody knows it's a process. Uh, but I feel so much better now that our guest room actually has a sleeping apparatus in it that isn't just like an air bed, you know? And <laughs> I never it's... actually reached that stage. We just had air beds until we had kids. <laughs> I yes, never had yeah. the whole dedicated guest room I yeah it was um it's a high priority for me that was like one of the number one reasons I wanted to buy a house was so that my family could come visit me and have a room to stay in mm-hmm. um, but it's a weird room it's like a very odd shape I have a very old strange house and so it was hard to figure out how to like make the space work so when I found this sleeper sofa at our thrift store and it was only a hundred bucks and it's in wonderful condition just like gently used there's like a coffee stain on it whatever it's it was like a nice flip the grandma's cushion living room somewhere right exactly well not plastic on it because it has a stain on it but yeah that's kind of what i'm envisioning (laughs) i wish i had plastic on it (laughs) um but it's a real cute couch and um it's comfortable to sit on and it'll be comfortable i'm buying a new mattress for it so it'll be comfortable to sleep on and it unfolds nicely in the room but when we don't have guests i can just fold it back up and then that room becomes usable for our everyday life again instead of putting like an actual bed in there which would kind of make it difficult to actually yeah. use that room. I, yeah. I do believe the sleeper sofa is the way to go if you don't want a ded- dedicated bedroom just yeah. for guests. Yeah, and I definitely want to use that room for other things. That's kind of like my library room. That's where a lot of my books are. So it'll be nice to have a couch in there to be able to relax and read. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. That does um, sound nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the hot news over here. It's real, <laughs> real exciting. Although I will say my husband and I really went to town trying to get it up to our second floor because it was super heavy. We had to take the whole thing apart. I am cut and How do you take apart a sofa? I don't under, I don't Me? understand the mechanics of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <laughs> it's like a metal apparatus, you know, in there that you pull out. Oh, and it's a sleeper sofa. I don't know why I wasn't. Yeah. I knew it was a sleeper sofa, but when I was picturing mm-hmm. you moving it in, I was picturing it as a regular sofa. <laughs> so I was like, what, you just take the cushions off? I don't know. Yeah. Bra- <laughs> brain malfunction there. Yeah, we just gutted it, basically. We took the metal portion out of it, and then the frame, we were able to carry up much easier mm. and, and like maneuver totally around the cut tight your corners. Weight, yeah. Oh, my God. It was so much easier once we took it apart. It was painful before. Um, I, I, like, had a, I couldn't really lift it. Like, it, it wasn't really going to work with just me and my husband. Like, my husband's strong, and I'm strong-ish, um, but I was having a very hard time like lifting that thing so i'm glad we figured it out we put it all back together it looks great it's gonna serve a wonderful purpose so yay (laughs) (laughs) that's nice my leaving my my library got turned into a dining room and then got turned into a home office yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh the chronicles of covid (laughs) awful It sounds like a <laughs> it, it sounds like a little petty novel, The Chronicles of COVID. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone should write that and just be real sassy about how annoying like everyday life during the I pandemic. I would totally is. read that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't too. have time to write it though. <laughs> no, somebody do that. Someone can take that. Have fun with it. Inject a lot of humor into it cuz we need to laugh. Yeah, link back to us so we can read it cuz we just we yes, really please. just want to read this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't care about credit. Actually, it'd be nice to be credited, but still. Yeah, put put us in the acknowledgments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
let's go back to our five-minute blurb of why we write. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we can really get into it. Uh, Deb, you tell me. Why do you write? Well, there's the, there's the classic, like, why I'm writing my book and then mm-hmm. why I write. Like, mm-hmm. those are kind of like, I guess maybe two separate issues, but they're, they're, they're combined, but, you know, they are separate. Like, I'm writing my books because I wanted to read those stories and I couldn't find yeah. those stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I'm writing the partic- those particular books. Yeah, but definitely. Why I why I write is, I don't know, it's probably deeply rooted in, like, my childhood <laughs> in psychology. Like, yeah, I have a very overactive imagination. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. have. I was the kid that was out in the yard acting out stories. Yes. You know, before 100%. the internet and when I wasn't allowed to watch TV, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I read a lot. Like, if I wasn't play acting something else I was reading like I started reading from a young age and I've always read a lot so just Mm -hmm. probably those two factors combined with a little bit of craziness with all the stories in my head oh yeah yep is probably why I write I guess question mark I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I share a lot of that you know I also was the kid out in the yard playing make-believe, coming up with all these big worlds and games. And, you know, I have my siblings to kind of just, like, dive into these games mm-hmm. with. And we would do all kinds of, like, improv story and telling the kid, and exploration. The kid down the road, my younger brother, a kid down the road, his baby sister, a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our you horse get the crew sometimes. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you round up the neighborhood kids. Oh, yeah. I Honestly, I miss those days, man. Those are good times. <laughs> so much freedom. Loved being that I, as a parent, yeah. would not approve of right now. Because <laughs> yeah. I grew up, I grew up, well, I grew up on the hill that I'm currently, that's in my story, Dark Inheritance. Like, that hill, that location is heavily influenced on the country hill that I was born and for the first part of my life raised on. So it's about mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. It's just basically four very young children traipsing around the forest and the creeks. <laughs> and I don't know where the hell our parents were at this point. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Me oh, as yeah. a parent, like, I'm like, no, you can see the backyard where I can see you. Right. <laughs> I can see you. That's fine. Right. <laughs> Once I can't see you anymore. Yeah. My parents also just were like, I, we play. So I... I am the same as you, but pick me up and put me in the middle of, like, classic small-town America. That's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So we really did have, like, the kids on the block and also just, like, every all the kids in town. Like, you could just, like, walk around town and, like, do whatever oh, you wanted. Oh, wow. We, that's amazing. Yeah. It was wonderful. We used to do town-wide manhunt games. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. Oh, it was a blast. So we also had a lot of woods, though. And if you cut through the woods in certain places, it would pop you out on in different parts of town. Or it would just get you very lost in actual woods where people are hunting. But we oh, spent- that's scary. Oh, it is a little scary. But no one got shot. <laughs> we were all okay. No one even, like, broke a leg or anything. But we were we were always in those woods. We were like in the creeks, in the hills, climbing up trees, doing all kinds of nonsense, playing our imaginary games. And our parents just, you know, they were like, yeah, come back for dinner, check in every once in a while. There were a few times when they got really scared um, and like came searching for us and and we got in trouble. But there was like never (laughs) no real no real big problem. Luckily, Uh, everybody was safe. But it was nice to have all those 
people, all those kids around my age to just explore these ideas with, you know, that, and like a, that sounds amazing. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It was really lovely. It, it honestly, um, you know, take away the scary evil clown, but it kind of like reminded, it reminds me of Stephen King's it, you know, those okay. kinds of like, or a little bit kids of goonies. On bikes thing. Yeah, exactly. It really was like, we just didn't have a big corporate entity or an evil supernatural entity to like, you know, fight, <laughs> unfortunately, because if we did, oh, we would have prevailed. We would have prevailed. I like we your confidence there. Bunch. Oh, yeah. No, I was I was definitely like the ringleader in that regard. Like, I don't want to derail us too much, but like I have a reputation for vigilante justice in my neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> if you were doing something that we as kids disapproved of, like aka ruining the neighborhood for us by putting up a bunch of fences so we couldn't cut through your yard, <laughs> uh, things would happen. That would be me. That, as, I would, that would be me as the adult. Like, oh, I yeah. don't want these kids <laughs> running through my yard. I put up a fence. Actually, that's me as an adult now. My neighbors <laughs> used to cut through our yard before it was our yard to go to the park and like and like go uh do tennis there's there's a tennis court at the park across the street Mm. um and so we put up a gate and i think it kind of pissed them off and then they still tried to cut they still cut through our yard like there was like a corner that wasn't so i put a bush there (laughs) (laughs) i am that adult that is who i am that though I, like I wanted game. to put a blackberry bush, but mm. the landscaper convinced me just to do like a regular like evergreen mm. bush. It's okay. not even the prickly well. type. It's the soft type, but they oh. don't cut through my yard anymore. And I didn't have to That's be that good. jerk that goes over there like, hey, stop walking through my yard. Oh, I know. I live in fear of that. I'm bad at that. Well, I already pissed the neighbor off when he when we first moved in. He came like we moved in in October, and it was an election year. So he stopped over the next month. Like, hey, can I put a sign in your yard? Because he he runs for public office, and oh. like the previous owner always <laughs> let me because we're we're on a we're like on a busy street. There's a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's a big wide yeah. street. Uh, like our we don't have any like trees right there along that that stretch. It was a good place to put a sign. And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, um, so how are you voting this fall? And I was oh, like, geez. oh, I don't, I don't really vote. Like this is at the time. I have to say this is just this, this is my past self. Yes, um, that things I are was different registered now. Registered <laughs> Republican. Um, follies of my youth. What can I say? <laughs> um, I just followed my family's footsteps. My family's heavily Republican, and then hmm. as I, that's just what I registered as. Like that's just all sure. I knew. Um, yeah, of course. So at the time, I'm just babbling stuff. Like, what well, doesn't really matter? That you can vote whoever you want to. You're like. Even if I'm registered republic, I can vote for a Democrat if I want to. And mm-hmm. he gave me the evilest look. <laughs> well, you can't in the primaries, that's for sure. That's Not exactly <laughs> what he said. Yep. <laughs> he said that, and he gave me this look. And I was like, oh, shit, Dan, I didn't mean to piss you off. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, this is getting heavy. <laughs> and I actually, I, every time I see him now in his backyard, I kind of always want to bring up, like, you know what? I'm not Republican anymore. Just you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just just a heads up. <laughs> we set the record straight. Because he's a he's a Democrat. Obviously, I, I probably neglected that part of the story, even though it's probably a little obvious, but Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I always have that on the tip of my tongue whenever I see him, but we never talk about that because he's always talking about my kids or how much how annoying my dog is or something. <laughs> every time things. Dan's out, every time my neighbor's out there doing yard work, my big rescue pit bull is out at the at the fence barking his head off at oh, him. Well, you know, <laughs> gotta protect and serve. Seriously. <laughs> protect the home. 
Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those kinds of, like, traipsing through people's yards and, like, childhood adventures really fed into, like, that deep imagination. Like, my siblings especially. When my mm-hmm. siblings and I get together and we start going, we come up with all kinds of stuff. And we keep meaning to write together because I think we would really create something pretty awesome it's just a manner of like none of our schedules match up mm-hmm. it would um, be pretty amazing i'm assuming you talk about yeah. the three of you mm-hmm, three sibling mm-hmm. authors i mean that that just alone sounds amazing yeah and we do all write all of us have creative writing degrees and okay. um and we all you know are interested in similar kinds of stories and similar genres so it would be just so much fun and all of the stories that we came up with when we were kids like those could be stories that we expand upon and actually kind of turn into something mm-hmm. real um but I, you have I the emotion like... for it already there right exactly and we've just like lived with it so long in our brains right it's kind of like we're talking like about sissy's really basic cool. with the carry thing right Ex- yeah exactly yeah um but yeah i feel like i'm just one of those people that i've always needed to create but not just to create. I've always needed to share it, too. Mm. I love creating, but I have a really hard time creating just for myself. I like to create for other people. So I think, um, and I've tried this multiple different ways throughout my life. And um, to an extent, that's why I'm a librarian as well, because I do get to be creative on a certain level. And it is all for the community that I serve. It's not just Admirable for trait. myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's I tried to do it with um filmmaking, you know, I tried to do that. Right. I tried to do screenwriting. I tried to do stand-up comedy. I've tried to do like blogs, so many blogs. <laughs> I tried to do a lot of different things, but like writing really is the thing that I keep coming back to. Music is another one, like performing. Um, playing music okay i usually like to do that with other people for other people this um, is the extrovert in you talking it is no it really is i mean this is definitely um definitely very important and very tied in together uh but yeah i mean i just i do love to write i am trying for the past several years i've been writing with the intention of, ju- of it just being for me because i have had like a difficult time in the past so i am trying to just keep it to myself like close to the chest so that I can gracefully ease back into the habit of writing. And then mm-hmm. eventually I would like to share it, but that is not my top priority right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to create with the idea of sharing and bringing people together. Like storytelling is something that to me brings people together. I always think of it that way. We, my family we love to tell stories usually around a bonfire, like when we go to okay. my mom's for I can holidays. totally see that about your family. I, don't, I only know yeah. you of your family, but based on that, I can <laughs> totally see that about the rest of your family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, oh, we're a sucker for a good bonfire, and uh, we always want to have a story ready. And it just, to us, it means community. So it, I guess like that idea of community, creativity, and writing, I mean, it's all wrapped up together for me and i i don't know that's really important to me um but like other other reasons why i write i just can't keep things in my brain like that's part of the sharing thing like i'll think something and i'm like i gotta write that down like it just 
I'm not satisfied <laughs> with it just sitting in my brain, you know? Uh-huh. And I feel like you mentioned something like this too. Like you just got to get it out. Right. It's just going to There's sit too there much stuff kind of rattling like, up in there. Right. It's better if yeah. it's out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a fly inside your head that unless yeah. you get it out, it just keeps banging against your skull. 100%. Yes. Like last night I'm laying in bed and I've been I've been so busy with the whole camping trip thing that I hadn't really had a lot of time just to focus on the story. And I'm laying there. I'm like, oh, yeah, this would work. And then I couldn't stop thinking about it. And even though I had a shit ton of stuff to do today, the first thing I did was write some notes down for it. Yeah. So I could get mm-hmm. to it later. Just, But that's like – it's kind of like my, uh, my theory with uh, story bu- plot, plot bunnies with story ideas. Like I write them down in their own individual notebooks just to get them out so they stop bothering me. So they're not yeah. really like – they're not plot bunnies. They're more like plot mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Well, otherwise they will just live in your brain and drive you mad. Mm-hmm. It, you'll just keep thinking about it and you won't really be able to focus on anything right. else. Plot gnats. Gnats might be a better idea. They just kind of keep poking <laughs> oh, you in the gnats. eyes. Yeah. Ugh, the worst. Ew. <laughs> I just that- think about like, you know, some nights I'll go for like an evening run and I come home and I like wipe my hand on my forehead and it's just like dead gnats. Ew. Have, like, oh, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> I'm not the only person who's experienced this, right? Right? Uh, <laughs> Other people have had to deal with this, I hope. I, I try not to go for runs, so... <laughs> I'm more of an indoor elliptical aerobic exercise oh, person. Yes. I don't oh, think I do my knees can really handle the going out, especially since I well, busted one last year. But Yeah, it's it's rough. I'm not going to lie. My knees are basically telling me, give up, be done. <laughs> you can't do this anymore. I just I enjoy running. I, ha- I, I have tried trying. it, and I tried it as recently as last year. And uh-huh. then I did something to my knee, and it just kind of was like it blew up. And it oh, felt like no. it was jello inside. Like you kind of oh. press it. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not doing that one anymore. That's bad. Yeah. Oh, I don't do that I anymore. I wouldn't want that. No, I, yeah. I keep to like elliptical joint safe movements. Yes. That is that is probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want jello knee anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it was hot too. Like it, something was seriously wrong. I didn't go to the doctor, oh. but something you was didn't definitely. Go- no, I told myself I would if it persisted, but by the next day, oh the swelling had gone down. Okay. So. Oh, God. Oh, I hate to think about it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And it does kind of hurt now and then now, but yeah. still. Well, I, so, I use so knee braces now. I use knee braces yes. as what I yes. exercise, but yeah. Knee braces are, are very smart. For people of an age, make sure you get <laughs> knee braces, folks. <laughs> Well, not necessarily the braces. I like the sleeves better than the braces. Like, yeah. The, the no, compression too, yeah. sleeves, they're much mm-hmm. better than the braces. just actually. keeps everything together. It keeps does. keeps it all in line. It keeps mm-hmm. the heat in there. Yeah, they work wonders. Yeah, they really do. It's amazing. Um, I do have a question for you Ooh, along go ahead. Our, our topic. What? So I know we're talking about why we write, but um, what do you get out of writing? Like, you know, is there an immediate gratification that you feel right after writing or is there more of a long-term effect um is there some kind of like compulsion or satisfaction you know is is there any anything you can identify that you get out of writing in in one way or another however you want to interpret that there definitely is i'm just not sure how i could explain it yeah it isn't like an immediate dopamine rush it's Mm -hmm. 
it is a sense of satisfaction after I'm done. I'm thinking, okay, that went pretty good. That doesn't mean it was actually was good writing because guaranteed the next day I'm going to go back and look like, oh, well, like those three paragraphs, mm. those were crap. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, I don't know, it is satisfying, I guess. Yeah. To, to get it out and get it down in a way that I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. at the moment happy with it yeah and then it's really satisfying to, at the end to look back and like it's just this more of a sense of accomplish, accomplishment at that point like i did this mm-hmm. i did i wrote all of that it's not like nobel prize winning but it's damn good and i know <laughs> it's good you know right yeah definitely. i know that's definitely a sense of accomplishment there and i don't know it's kind of like i wouldn't say it's like eating a piece of cake but it's more like cleaning your house yeah i think that's a very good comparison <laughs> um, i think it's kind it of a cra- really crazy comparison rewarding. but yeah <laughs> well it's kind of you it's know a lot of work it's, um, and it's nice to look back it on is it. a lot of work yeah but it is a way of putting things like um kind of in order imposing order mm-hmm. yeah you're you're imposing order on something mm-hmm. um i don't necessarily want to say that maybe it's like a control thing i know that both you and i enjoy a certain level of control over things mm-hmm. so maybe that has to do with it um but yeah i, don't think I that, feel like i don't think just for me i don't think that exists in the creation process mm. okay maybe at the yeah. end in the editing process and putting mm-hmm. things together definitely mm-hmm. but in the actual act of creation i'm not sure order comes into there okay I feel like um, I really enjoy just, well, I do enjoy creating, but I do feel the satisfaction when I can get whatever is going on in my head out in some kind of coherent way. It doesn't have to be good, you know, Mm -hmm. like it probably isn't going to be like spectacular the first time it comes out of my brain. But if I can convey it, I get very happy with myself. I'm just like, I did it. I communicated this idea. <laughs> and then I really do enjoy, um, like, just, I don't know, the, my imaginary worlds. I guess it comes back to sharing. Like, I like to, I do feel a satisfaction in being able to share that in a way. Um, but I think you're right. Like, I don't really feel it. It's not an immediate. It's not immediate. Right. It's kind of a long Delayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Accumulative. Yeah. I'm not really sure that sharing comes into play for myself. You know, hmm. being the introvert of our group, it's mm-hmm. I write stories because I have stories in in my head that have just kind of been growing. And yeah. actually the sharing part is really scary. It is it's yes, terrifying. Yes. And I, I know I, I've said that my end goal is to have people love it so much to write fan fiction for it, which it's, is, mm-hmm. I wasn't lying. That's absolutely true. But it is terrifying to actually, like, make that leap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, I want to. It, it's just kind of like that's what you're supposed to do when you write and you want to share with people. And I want them to love it the way I've loved mm-hmm. other stories and wanted to continue those words. But I don't mm-hmm. write to share it if that makes any mm-hmm. sense yeah definitely i write just to sense. get the story i like making stories i appreciate a good story this is why <laughs> i approached you about making a podcast i love stories 
Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. can appreciate good, and I like the little details of stories. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I'm constantly like interrupting movies that my husband and I are watching. Like, oh, mm. that was really good. Like, I love that plot line. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm constantly like interjecting weird things about the story in place of where mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't be inject- interjecting it. But yeah. No, those conversations are super fun. And I feel lucky because my husband also likes to have them. He's not a writer, but he is a lover of a good story and he's also Mm -hmm. a creative person but (laughs) again i don't want to derail but we watched f9 recently we went to go see the most recent fast and furious movie and that movie does such an incredible job of tying together the many loose ends of the rest of the really i kind of given up on that series oh man f9 does so much heavy lifting and nuanced story work like i am so impressed with how they wrote that i mean it's absolutely nonsense like the rest of it all of the action like Mm -hmm. none of it physics no longer no but we're talking purely from the story aspect yeah and the the emotional lines from the very first movie so this obviously if folks don't know you probably tell from the title it's the ninth movie in the series from the very first movie little plots little plot points that you thought were just kind of like throwaways all kind of come back and help tie everything together it is that's impressive impressive. yeah so impressive so like we my husband and i i love it when things like that happen because then you can like like, oh i recognize that yes yes oh we felt so good because we're huge fans of the franchise like to the point where we played the movies with the sound off at the reception at our wedding (laughs) just had them going (laughs) and and so and it plays like the fast and furious movies play a big role in our relationship it's like one of our first dates and things like that but um it just, like, we love to talk about what an incredible job F9 did with this plot. So. Wow. And I think there are going to be more Fast and Furious movies, weirdly enough. I thought this would be the last one. So I'm excited to see okay. what they continue. Well, actually, we were debating this last Friday whether or not to rent it or not. And I think that might have pushed me. I was like, no. And then he's like, what about Jungle Cruise? I'm like, oh, no. So... <laughs> I think not, I, I will now push for more fat, more F9 over Jungle Cruise in our next movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, rental. it's just, it's a fun, um, like, action romp. There's a lot of, you have to suspend disbelief quite a bit. But it's, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> no, I mean, I like, well, I like stories, so I'm interested in seeing mm-hmm. that. I don't know if I've seen them all and I'd be able to recognize well, all the points. But yes, I've definitely that's the seen... Problem. <laughs> <laughs> At least the major ones and definitely the early ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The early ones, I mean, you might you might get away with that. But um, the reason it was so satisfying for Mark and I was because we've watched all of the other ones quite a few times. Uh-huh. So we're pretty familiar. Um, so it might seem a little confusing. Okay. Actually, to those who might who haven't seen the movies as often as I'm us, thinking, well, I could just watch the ones I didn't watch. I'm like, wait, that sounds like a huge undertaking. Do I really want to undertake that in my life? Yeah. You'll still have fun watching this movie, even if you don't get the like all the Easter eggs mm-hmm. and everything. Right. Yeah. Well, this this is going off the rails, but talking about stories um that's kind of like why we like the mandalorian so much yeah oh yeah because Mm -hmm. you can see all the story tie-ins i don't know why that reminded me of it but yeah things that you have a story tie-in to Mm -hmm. the mandalorian i enjoy the mandalorian a lot as well Mm -hmm. 
stories. Stories are awesome. I love telling stories. That's probably why I write. It's just I love stories. Yeah. I like creating stories. I like tying mm-hmm. them up. I like interjecting a piece here where Tad's stomach is rumbling and then suddenly over there he's being sick. And you're like, just yeah, the natural yeah. progression. I like, I, I'm yeah. a nerd. I like, they connect. I like doing those little things. <laughs> Do you think when you're writing, you're more, and this is just kind of, this question just popped into my head. Do you think you're more of a big picture person or a like littler picture person when, when you're in the process no, I know it's probably different for different times yeah. in the process. It's it's definitely both. It, I I always have to remind myself what the big picture is before I delve mm-hmm. into the little scene, mm-hmm. like yeah. where this fits into it and how it it contributes to the plot. Make sure you hit those points and then go nuts with all the little details. Do what you want, mm-hmm. but make sure you mm-hmm. hit those points. Yeah. I guess that's why outlining would be helpful. I'm an outline. I say I'm an outliner, but I'm <laughs> I'm kind of a little bit of both, probably. Like I do, I have to have the overreaching arc. Like I have to know my story. I have to know why it's important to the plot. Like I've bitched on here before about how something in someone else's work doesn't apply to the plot and annoys a piss out of me. Like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. so. I, def- I have to have the overreaching arc, but then in in the middle of it, I'm a total pantser. I just kind of just go for it. Yeah. Okay. As long That's as I really as fun. long as I know the points I need to hit in order to make it all the way to the end of my story. Like I have a very like bullet point outline. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it does. Like yeah. divide it up into three acts, and divide those acts up into chapters, and then this mm-hmm. chapter has to hit this point. This hat chapter hasn't mm-hmm. hit this point. The rest just go nuts. And then... That seems really effective. I like that. It's, it's worked for me so far. I used to try to, like, really, really outline, like, really outline, like, mm-hmm. this and then this and then sub-point and sub-point and sub-point. And then it would just go off the rails because it didn't work mm-hmm. when you're actually writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. I also used to try that um, earlier on and did not work for me either. So I went the complete opposite. And sometimes I will do the bullet point outline. Mm-hmm. Um, I There are times when I wish I were more detailed because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish I had thought of this earlier. Um, but I kind of like that freedom in the beginning. And then I go back through with more, um, more detailed, more of a detailed Mm -hmm. I for the you know first batch of like edits Mm -hmm. yeah I've got a project that kind of the same for you like when I when I was a very specific plotter and I would put everything out and then it got I got annoyed with it so I was like just fine f it I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna just start writing and see what happens yeah yeah sometimes that works well I have one of those like I have a project where I did that and it is all over the damn place oh yes yeah and it's a mm-hmm. mess to try to like edit it because I've rewritten this thing like six times and it's changed mm-hmm. so much so much that I had to set it aside and be like okay you have to come up with your bullet point outline mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. try to make it work because this just is uh, clearly isn't working for you like I've been working on this thing since pfft, 2014 or something i don't know but it's <laughs> just all over the place and just every actually i think i sent you an earlier draft of it Ooh, a long time exciting. ago and it Ooh, has i wonder which one it was 
well, it looks nothing like it, so it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's changed right. so yeah, damn no longer much. Exists. <laughs> I yeah, have... I can fall into that trap too. Yeah. I have to be very careful. I I like going freely into a story for just like the pure inspiration and curiosity to see where mm-hmm. it will take me. But I have had multiple projects that have devolved very similarly similarly to how you're describing yours and so i do need to be careful if i'm just gonna jump into something and write because i feel super inspired i try to keep it at like okay you can do this for this like writing session this day Uh see what comes out and then after after you see what comes out do a couple bullet points to see where it will take you forward that's that's probably smart if that's the way yeah if you like to start the 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 free flow creativity start that's probably a smart right. way to go ahead get some free flow out and then decide where it's going and then try yes. to rein it in because <laughs> that's always yes, the problem exactly. with stories you have to rein them yeah. in oh oh it's a tragedy <laughs> why rein in the imagination well because things in your imagination and in your dream brain don't really translate to like the literal world when <laughs> right. you're trying to like tell the story if we're, if we're talking about sharing with people i don't think people want to read all that crap yeah. they like to read a story something that yes. makes sense beginning to end and it feels satisfying to them mm-hmm. nothing pisses I- off a reader or tv media consumer more than uh open plot point yes exactly because we're always we're like wait a minute wait that didn't get resolved right and then it just like eats at us Uh yeah horrible horrible disservice to your audience um but something as we've been talking it kind of becomes clear to me that another reason that i think both of us write and you did kind of say this already you said you love story but i think we love to consume stories, you know, in many different forms. We like to watch movies. We like to watch TV. We like to read. We like to listen to books. We like, you know, listening to podcasts or other people tell stories. We enjoy a well-crafted story and we have like that appreciation for it. And I, mm-hmm. I know that that is part of why I write as well is because of my appreciation for story and, uh, and yeah, my desire to participate. Be in there somewhere. It's, it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's definitely got a tie in there somewhere. Like, I'm sure. You love it so much. <laughs> you want to emulate it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, oh, you know, like for me, like F9 <laughs> or some other like really well-crafted plot. <laughs> just you just it, ins- it can inspire you. It can like get you fired up about thinking about your own stories and um and make you want to create something that is just as satisfying as what you just consumed yourself or what you just experienced. Well, I've got a couple of questions for you for once. Oh, exciting. I know. I Do never tell. have questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got two. Um, in your Why You Write, how has the people in your life supported you in that how do they support you? Oh, wow. That is a really wonderful question. Um, well, you know, I, I already talked about my siblings and how both of them are writers and creatives and love to create and share um, their creations similarly in the way that I do. So we support each other. We help each other come up with ideas. We read, you know, beta read for each other or just give feedback when when asked and we, I don't, we just like 
go off on these tears where we just like have a good time coming up with ideas and, and plots and characters. So that feels very strongly supportive to me and kind of like a, a lovely way to um, incubate creativity. Um, my husband is also very creative. He's a musician. And so he understands what it takes to get it done, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, if he wants to sit down and write a song and record that song and um, produce that song, he understands the process of that and mm -hmm. that it's not just like all dream work. Right. It's work, work. He probably and also understands the urge to just get up in the middle of dinner and go write something down really quick. Oh my God, does he ever. Yes. <laughs> so we we understand that together on a very practical level. Uh, he's not a writer, but he understands the practicalities of being creative. Mm -hmm. So that is incredibly helpful seeing as that that's the person I live with. So <laughs> it's, it's nice when we both know that like, oh, the other person is creating right now. They're in the middle of something. They need some I'm not going to go bother them. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to let them do what they need to do. And like you said, there are many times when like just in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of dinner, in the middle of doing something else, one of us will have to jot something down or mm -hmm. one of us will be like, oh, what do you think about this? And share. Right. And the other one knows enough about the medium that the other person is working in to be able to actually give some feedback. You know, like I am also a musician. I play and listen to music, huge music fan. I can tell Mark like, is, that's good. I love that. Or, oh, it sounds a little weird over here or whatever. And, you know, Mark does read. He does consume stories. Mm -hmm. He can do that for me as well. So that's really helpful. And um, I mean, my parents, I'm, I'm just, this is just like, I'm just gushing because like everyone <laughs> is really supportive. <laughs> I mean, my parents let me go to undergrad for film. Like, they were like, yeah, I can tell your stories. They like, were, whatever, that's a man. dead end job. Go for accounting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you, yeah, you can do what you want. Um, but my mom's a librarian and she's a wonderful storyteller and, you know, used to tell us stories and still does, of course, um, all the time growing up and today. My dad is a musician. So my dad understands creativity in that way he's a composer he's a music teacher he's a jazz musician he performs um and he also has that kind of personality where he likes to create to share i'm pretty sure that's where i get it from okay. my dad's extroverted and he enjoys um creativity for others and like sharing gifts and and so that is really like the environment that me and my siblings came up in. It was very creative, um, very supportive in the creation and in the imagination. My parents gave us a ton of mental and physical space to be creative and imaginative. They gave us all of the props and necessary items like a video camera um, or, you know, just like pads of paper and pen or art supplies. It was a very creative house, and and we all continue that tradition in how we live our lives. So, yeah, very supportive. <laughs> I haven't had anybody. No one who I love and who is close to me has ever really, like, stopped me from being creative. That, so That I'm sounds wonderful. I wish thankful. more people in the world had that. Yeah, I, I'm very, very lucky. I know that is not the case for everyone. I'm, what about you? Um... I don't know. Uh, my husband is very supportive in his own way. He's he's not he's not a creative type. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes he kind of doesn't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> um, he's he's a very good technical writer. He was going to be like mm. um, an English teacher. Um, like mm-hmm. that's what he went to school for, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really like, he's not really the creative writer type, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he's, he's willing to read my stuff if I ask him to, and he'll help me with the grammar. Um, oh, that's good. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also he's just supportive by just like, just being there and just saying, okay, kids, mom wants to write this afternoon let's go mm. play in the park oh that's so helpful he is that's really he's, he's like he's my partner we're kind of like opposite partner kind of like mm. i will help by taking this off your plate so you can create that's really that's my wonderful. support yeah that is really that's nice really wonderful yeah because not a lot of people have that either mm-hmm. yeah i am extremely lucky Mm-hmm. It's I had wonderful to hear. <laughs> I had a follow-up <laughs> question. Um, oh, great! Okay, and then I wanted to know who in your life has inspired you to write. Mm. This is this is a harder. Well, or I mean, if anyone siblings. in your life has inspired you to write, I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. My siblings definitely. I mean, they're so fucking good. Like they just. Ugh. <laughs> oh, they and they don't. They don't realize. I mean, I don't think that they give themselves credit, but they are really good at plot, at character. They're so quick with it. They just come up with it like just so easily. And and I'm always in awe of, of what comes into their brains and how they manipulate that and how that leads them so like flawlessly to the next thing. Like we will just be sitting in a room bullshitting. And they will just start riffing and it will be like a next level plot. It is amazing. I, I just, I love it. It's so much fun. And um, they definitely have it over me. Like they're, they are more talented than I am for sure. And isn't that and my brother that also. I know, I know. I'm happy that they are because then I get to just watch them and like kind of learn. But um, my brother also likes to illustrate. Well, my sister does too. They're both really amazing visual artists as well. But my brother does um, graphic novels or he did that was like his thesis project in undergrad uh-huh. was a graphic novel proof of concept. And it was just unbelievably impressive um so they they inspire me to keep going um you know i've mentioned multiple times that i've had like a complicated relationship with writing but they do just thinking about them and their process and their relationship with writing and knowing also that it's not as like cozy for them like we've all had our struggle that does inspire me to just keep writing, keep creating, keep enjoying this kind of um, situation of being creative and sharing stories. Um, so I would definitely say them. I don't really have anybody else pretty much like unless you want to talk about the haters because <laughs> I have plenty of people that I dislike from my past that every time I think about, I don't know, just oh, you're a bad writer, blah, blah, blah. Why are you doing this? I just think about them and I'm like, oh no, oh no. I can't make them happy. <laughs> I have to just keep going. And whether or not I ever like publish whatever it is that I'm writing at the time, it helps fuel me mm-hmm. to be my best because I'm someone who gets fueled by rage instead of yeah. hampered by rage. I know that's not I tend the to case get fueled by 
I get tend to get stupid fueled by rage. It's oh, never a good yeah. rate. It's oh, never yeah. a good fuel. I just get stupid rage. No, it's like rage. a punch, punch through a wall kind of right. <laughs> fuel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've recently in the past few years figured out how to harness that because I am a rage filled woman through exercise. Um, that's just how I am. Yeah, exercise helps. <laughs> that's the but way I've I been have... able. If I'm really yeah. angry, that's the way I have to work through it, or just super mm-hmm. stressed out. It's exercise yes. is the only is the oh, best yes. way for me. I found. I've oh, only learned that like exercise in, is great like, for mental health. Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is good for mental health. Um, but I have figured out how to actually turn my anger into something productive, in terms of action yeah. in my life, which I had a hard time with for a very long time. And and honestly, I think it was COVID. It was during lockdown. Yeah, it was, it was that whole year, and like everything that was happening, all of all of the protests and the injustices and I just figure it's something switched and I figured out how to not be um hindered by my anger, blinded by my anger. How? I can now funnel it into action. Share. I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird thing that just literally like felt like a, a switch flipping in my brain. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just well, no, I feel like know I gained a superpower. How do you funnel it now? Like, what is this funnel process? Um, Just in general? Yeah. Or like in writing? or I mean, it's the same for everything. I get angry about something. I immerse myself in the anger and like why I'm angry. And now I guess what has happened is I have the ability now to take a step back, just like a brief step back and take a breath. And um, maybe it's just the experience of age where I now understand the options, what can actually happen. Whereas in the past, I didn't really know what recourse I had in okay, any given you're just moment like or any situation. Raging. Right, exactly. I didn't know how to act. And now... You know, in my 30s, I've lived, I, I've seen some shit and I understand some things. I can now take that anger and put it and it, it, it kind of like turns into energy for me. I actually I get energized like physically and mentally. And if I'm able to just calm it down just a little bit and see, I, you know, to actually be able to see instead of being like rage blind, I can figure out the course of action that needs to be taken Or also very importantly, if I shouldn't take action, you know, Mm -hmm. what is appropriate? So something just happened where that became possible for me. And not going to lie, there's still times I get so angry that that doesn't happen. And Mm -hmm. I have to like, you know, just (laughs) calm down or go for a run or like do something, you know, I'm not going to be helpful. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 been a gift. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> it kind of um, <laughs> reminds me of a, a kind of sort of of myself. I mean, I'm not a rage fueled person. I'm kind of the step back person. I must be really frustrating to have an argue with argument with sometimes <laughs> because marks like that. <laughs> like if if I want to discuss something, if I'm getting upset, now this doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I admit I just get stupid. Um, but my husband and I, we don't fight a lot, probably because of this region. He's, he's like me that we Mm. we stop and we don't want to say anything we don't mean. So it's like, we have to stop Mm. and think about it. And then in a couple hours, we can continue the conversation. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. very stop and go. It's very wise. (laughs) (laughs) It, It feels kind of like 
like we don't argue like normal people like quote unquote normal people is mm-hmm. i don't know it must be very frustrating sometimes be like on the other <laughs> end of it like we like oh, it's, sometimes it's frustrating for me like um if i get upset with him and i'm being stupid and i'm just like mm. i want to kind of hash it out yep. and he's like no yeah Yep. This isn't the time. And that is <laughs> very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> it works, though, because it does. You Mark end shuts up it down. Right. And I go calm down. Mm-hmm. And then it's usually not even a problem. Right. Like, I'm like, oh, that was dumb. Uh-huh. I don't even need to worry about that. I, yeah. Actually, the, the worst times, the worst arguments we have is when he is not physically here to have that kind of shutdown happen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, yeah, I'm just, just fueled by that. Yeah, like just, I, just it, it, it kind of spirals out of control sometimes. But yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, especially like if I'm upset about something and he's trying to get out of me, like what I'm upset about, mm-hmm. it's always like, no, just give me a bit. I need to think about it and then I'll come back yeah. and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't, I don't, that's, that's, that's who we are. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it seems to be working. It works, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we don't fight a lot. Yeah, that's good. All right. I think that's enough for tonight. <laughs> Just kind of went veered off topic like we always do. We ne- oh, we yeah. never stay on topic. No. <laughs> we never did. We never no. will. <laughs> we'll always talk about everything, which is why it's mm-hmm. in our opening script and everything exactly. else. Mm-hmm. Hopefully folks understand that. Yeah. That's just the type of podcast this is. It's just two friends chatting. Just chatting. Yeah. Just chatting. Just be lucky we don't start going into our sex lives or something. <laughs> just <laughs> give it a few more months. We'll yeah, get we, might, we might run out of material. We'll have to start going to that. Which would be embarrassing because my parents listen to this. So... <laughs> <laughs> get ready mom <laughs> well, i mean i have kids they have to know i've had sex i know so. <laughs> the jig is up <laughs> all right so <laughs> i can't stop laughing now <laughs> oh my god okay so catch us next week when we're gonna talk about fighting against procrastination <laughs> which is truly like the most writerly thing ever right it's it's just you can't I actually, write i actually feel like as a joke we should procrastinate recording oh the procrastination what if we episode just always say that's <laughs> yes. gonna be the next one. Oh my god that's is. awesome we should we should do this that is amazing now well, we now can open another topic for to... next week but yeah well no we can't tell them listeners will have to come back <laughs> to see if we actually talk about procrastination oh next week i'm gonna die i'm gonna die this is so funny Maybe we're the only ones who think this is funny. I don't know. I don't know. I live my life thinking I'm the funniest person alive. So yeah, this is well, very no. funny. This is this is the opposite of me. I, I'm never funny. So maybe this is actually funny. Okay. I forgot where we are. Um, until then, stay safe. Keep reading. Keep writing. And let us know why you write. Please. Yeah, that What's would be awesome. What's your reason for writing? I yeah. want to know why other people write. Maybe it'll give me yeah, clues me on why too. I write. Maybe we'll dig something up. Mm-hmm. That's a really narcissist way to put that. But well, yeah. you know, <laughs> maybe that's why you write. Maybe them. I'm a I'm a mega narcissist. <laughs> that's why I write. I did, no, I could never see that. No. <laughs> oh. Okay, so go do what you do best. That's right, folks.
All right. Good night, Jocelyn. <laughs> Have a good night, Deb. See you later. Bye-bye. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, read, and write on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, drop me a line. I'm always open to suggestions. Also, did you know that Read and Write publishes three episodes a week? Check out the podcast's YouTube channel for Write With Me Mondays live streams and 30-second book reviews on Fridays.